The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SeaDeck no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Unbelievable. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, oh, yeah. Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Golden Mike Podcast, everyone. I'm Dan of the Mano, recording down here in Central Florida from my boathouse studio overlooking Lake Sawyer. So glassy, so calm. The calm before the storm. It's about to pour out here. No worries, my friends, because for the rest of us, it's now time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Woodrow Sustainable Optics. Unique wooden sunglasses crafted by man and inspired by nature. Woodrow's are all wooden hybrid frames along with limited runs in order to preserve the originality and character of each and every pair. Tons of awesome styles to choose from over at woodrows.com. And you guys can use my promo code MANO30 and receive an extra 30% off your order that's woodrows.com, Mano30 gets you 30% off, W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E.com. All right, well, a huge episode today. I've got a lot of new listeners here for this one, so welcome. This is episode 70 of the Golden Mike Podcast, and my guest is the one and only Daniel Grant. Now, I've watched Daniel's career grow over the past six or so years, and, well, the guy never ceases to amaze me. For anybody who doesn't know who Daniel Grant is, he's a young man from Thailand, and he's a Wake Park rider. Well, in fact, he's currently the Wake Awards Wake Park Rider of the Year, which is a title he's also won on numerous occasions, along with pretty much every other achievement you can win on the wake park side of things but here's the thing he doesn't just ride a wakeboard he's also one of the best wake skaters in the world you know daniel's focus is wake park so cable but you know he could probably put his eggs in any basket he chose a la wakeboarding behind the boat or skateboarding or wake skating behind the boat video gaming DJing or pretty much doing whatever it is that he wants. Daniel is a natural. He's fearless and raw talent. It's dope. He chooses uh, Wake Park as his main source of awesome, and I think we're all lucky for that. We had a good conversation. We recorded it over at Kevin Henshaw's Lake during Liquid Force's 2018 gear shoot. We didn't talk about any of the new gear coming out. Uh, You guys are going to have to wait until Surf Expo for that in September. But we did discuss a ton of fun stuff. And, you know, I know that there's a ton more to talk about that we didn't really get a chance to touch on there. But Daniel's a busy dude. You know, he's got a schedule. He's only in the States for a short, short amount of time. So I was pumped to get what I got and just to have the opportunity to chill with him for a couple of hours. You guys can also check out his website, waketow.com, W-A-K-E-T-A-O.com. I think we touched on it, so you guys will get to enjoy that here in just a few moments. I want to talk a little bit about this past weekend here in Orlando. We had the Performance Ski and Surf third stop of the Gravel Tour and the remake stop for stop number one of the season. So we actually had two events over the weekend. A ton of great riders were out there. I think we had just about 60 riders on Saturday and somewhere around 50 on Sunday. Some great action. It happened at the Orlando Water Sports Complex. Bill Porter, his entire crew, they do such a fantastic job with this contest. We still have one stop left. It's going to be in September. Guys, if there's any grassroots event to make it out to, it's the Gravel Tour. And I'm the announcer, so why wouldn't you come and say what's up to me, the Mano? You can also grab uh, one of my 
Golden Mike podcast hats for me. I sold a couple of them over the weekend, and so thanks to those guys, those families, for supporting the podcast like that. Before I move any further, the Golden Mike podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly on the first and third Wednesday of each and every month. Of course, this month I'm giving you guys some bonus episodes with four episodes releasing this June. Uh, You guys can find us online at noiseofthenorth.com. We're now available on SoundCloud and, of course, on iTunes, the podcast app on the Android phones. You guys can download any podcast app, pretty much search the Golden Mike podcast there, and you can find us. Be sure that you guys subscribe. Please rate and review the shows. All right, guys, to keep this podcast, no charge to you, the listeners. want to thank all the sponsors of the show, SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, CWB Board Company, Leadwake, Ronix, O'Brien, and Slingshot. Be sure to follow me on social media at Dano T. Mano on Instagram at the Dano T. Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike on Twitter. Be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can always message me there or email me goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. I always love to hear from y'all. Today's audio montage is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products and is from the 58th Masters Water Ski and Wakeboard Tournament. All the boats out there at the Masters were fitted with custom SeaDeck non-skid traction. Get your boat looking brand new this summer with some custom SeaDeck of your own. SeaDeck has a growing network of certified fabricators and installers covering the USA Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific. It's now easier than ever to have SeaDeck Professional take your project from start to finish. Go to SeaDeck.com, hit the custom button on the website, look for the interactive map to locate a SeaDeck certified fabricator or installer in your area to schedule an appointment today. Well, you guys heard it. Today's audio montage is from the 58th Masters. Enjoy it. And then I'll be back with the candy man from Candyland, the one and only Daniel Grant, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. What's up, JD Webb here. We're at the 58 Nazi Masters. Really excited to be here. The level of riding this year is unbelievable. And uh, yeah, it's probably going to be one of the heaviest wake finals you've ever seen, so... Stay tuned. Check it out. Hey, what's up? Noah Flegel here. We are here at the Masters, and it's lit. Hey, what's up? It's Nick Rapper, and I'm here at the Masters. The level of riding here is crazy. It's really cool to see so much progression throughout the season, and it's a really cool time out here with all my friends. Hey, this is Derek Davis with Biweek.com, longtime fan of the Masters and the Golden Mike Podcast, live with Dano the Man. What's up, everybody? Jeff McKee here. We're about to load up in the G23 for the final day of action at the Masters. The president of the Nautique brand, Greg Maloon. Masters have been unreal. Course records on the slalom side, on the trick side. The competition has been at a whole nother level. And we're getting ready to see this beautiful G23 go out on the water, and I'm expecting some crazy things to go down in the next few heats. Hey, this is Igor Moraza from Moscow and at Masters here. That was a great event. I finished fifth, almost in the finals, and uh, had a good time. It was an amazing event. The winner of Pro Men and Slalom, the world record holder, Nate Smith. You know, it's my fifth time here, and to take home another master title, making it the fourth one. Um, pretty exciting. Jacinta Carroll, Pro Women's Jumper. How does it feel? Talk about the win. Oh, it's pretty awesome, obviously. I think this is actually five years in a row for the Masters and clocks up my 32nd, I think, win in a row. So it's a bit of a long streak, which I'm loving and loving the ride of it. And today was obviously every tournament's different, but to get back out on Robin Lake at the Masters, can't complain. Love it. Hey, this is Sammy Roberts, Nautique Boats Account Manager for the Southeast. We just wrapped up the Masters again, 2017. It was a great time. Dano, thank you for all your hard work announcing from all the way from trick skiing all the way to the jumpers at the end. you got to throw in the wake skate and the wakeboarders. Great job, Dano. See you next year. Hey, this is the Rocket Man, Scott Ellis, and i got to say this is the best Masters performance-wise I've ever seen. Hey, I'm Bill Jurgen, CEO of Correct Craft. What an amazing weekend at the 58th Masters. 
performances were incredible. We had mini course records set. An overall great time. Everybody really enjoyed being here this weekend. Taking home your fourth Masters title, Megan Hetlock. It just feels super awesome to be back at Masters, and especially coming back from my knee injury. Just to be back out there was pretty surreal and just a super fun time. The first ever Masters Wakeskate champion, Brandon Thomas. Pretty pumped, man. I had a great view from the top of the pavilion. And, you know, it wasn't too crazy windy. The boys killed it, and Grubb came through like he always does. He is a competitor, and there's not much that can stop that dude. And uh, I've looked up to him for a long time, so it's really cool to see him uh, keep the ring on his finger, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it was a great event, and we're always pumped that uh, wake skating is a part of the Masters. Hey, I'm Terry McSitch. At the end of the 58th U.S. Masters, I finished second, so I'm just you know, so happy to be on the podium. It's really fun to have family and friends here with you. Ryan Dodd, first jump in finals, 243 feet. So hard to describe right now, my body's tingling and I'm, I'm seriously like euphoric. Seriously, thanks to everybody at Nautique, all the sponsors, everybody here, yourself for keeping everybody stoked and amped and uh, super stoked, man. I don't know what else to say. Oi, Corey Tunison taking your first ever Masters win. Boy, how does it feel, man? Dana, this is insane. You know, like the lead up to this event for me hasn't been uh, awfully that good. And um, yeah, dealing with the flu the last couple of days and to be able to go out there and put something down, I, I didn't even think I was going to make it through the first round. So coming out of the event on, uh, on the top spot, I am absolutely blown away and I can't believe it. Tell me about the final. Finals was probably the most insane showdowns we've ever seen, you know, like all three of us, me, Harley and Daddy, all through two doubles. Um, I threw a 1080, Harley threw a chrome of seven. Um, and Tony's going out there throwing doubles as well. Like it was just the most insane showdown that wakeboarding's ever seen and to happen here at the US Masters. It's, uh, I'm not surprised actually, it's uh, a prestigious event and uh, good times. Austin Polterock here, stoked to get my second in Masters today. Almost slid away with the first, but couldn't get it. Unfortunately, Grub is just unstoppable. So, stuck to be out here. Yeah, shout out to Dan on the mana. Brian Grubb taking home your fourth Masters title, third consecutive, dude. How does it feel? Dude, it feels amazing, man. I love coming to this contest. I look forward to it every year. You know, my whole family comes up, and uh, it's just a fun week, and really happy with how everything turned out. I got the win in the semis, and just knew I had to put it together two days in a row. So, super psyched. Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida is your one-stop shop for all towed water sports needs. As an industry leader for more than two decades, Performance Ski and Surf's pro staff will sweep you off your feet with loads of industry knowledge and the best customer service in the biz. Right now, you can order online from perfski.com and receive 10% off your entire purchase by using my promo code GOLDENMIKE, all capital letters. Whether you're looking for current or closeout gear, Performance Ski and Surf has it all. And right now with my promo code Golden Mike, you just can't beat the deals. Performance Ski and Surf is just minutes from the Orlando International Airport or online at perfski.com. That's P-E-R-F-S-K-I.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. I want to start and kind of talk about your history. You are from Thailand, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. I was born in England. My father's Thai and my mother's uh, Thai. Uh, my, my father's English and my mother's Thai. When did you move to Thailand? Uh, I moved to Thailand at the age of five. Uh, my dad moved there for work reasons, but like my dad worked in Thailand since like like the early '90s until about till I was about to get born, and then he moved back over. Pretty much so I could get the British passport and live there and kind of like learn English really good. And then he got the opportunity to work in Thailand again. And I think without that opportunity, I wouldn't be where I am today really wakeboarding because in England it doesn't have that opportunity for me to be out in the hot weather and just want to get wet. When did you get involved and how did you kind of get involved in the wakeboard scene? Uh, It all started pretty much from skateboarding. I got my first skateboard at three years old. And as I said, I moved to Thailand when I was five. Instantly tried to find like where the like nearest skate spot was, or like where was the place to hang out to go skateboarding. Did that, and then when I was about eight years old, uh, I was at the point where I was skating, learning tricks, but I was always getting hurt a lot. 
because you're always like pushing yourself on the concrete. And one of my school friends was telling me like, hey Dan, you should come check out this like cable park. It's pretty close to where you live and school. Like, it was nearby, so I came, checked it out, instantly hooked. Like, even it was my first ride and I was kneeboarding, only could get to the first corner. It, I was, I knew, I could see the potential that how similar it could be for me when I saw like other wakeboarders and wake skaters like out there riding and it was just really inspiring and it took me straight away. So who are like some of the first guys that you remember seeing at um, wakeboard? Uh, yeah, when I first started wakeboarding, it was pretty much like Didi Anwar was one of the main guys that helped me out because he was a he was a half caste like me, like living in Thailand. So he would speak English to me, where I couldn't even speak that well Thai. How about the level of riding when you first got it into it in Thailand? When you were a kid, were there guys that were at like next level, pro level? Oh, uh, definitely in Thailand. There is there were the riders that were pushing the boundaries. There's like. A uh, rider called A, and then Bomb used to come over here in the U.S. for a bit. Padawat Jam Jam. Yeah, and Loda used to come a bit before that. Uh, but it was just hard for the Thai wakeboarders, really, because uh, underneath the Thai passport, it's really hard to get a visa to go to all these places, especially with wakeboard events being announced a lot, a lot of the time short notice. or So then the riders don't have the opportunity to go out and get the visa and then go and get the support to go out. What kind of track, like where, what are the hubs, like where do you go to? I mean, it can't, is it, is it easy to, to get in and out of there? Oh uh, yeah, it's pretty easy now, like travel everywhere is pretty simple. I mean, the going to America, I can either go through Japan, Korea, or Dubai, or uh, even through Europe, it takes a bit longer. And then if I want to go to Europe, I normally take the Dubai route, because I can normally go with Emirates, which give you uh, the most uh, baggage allowance since it's a Arab airline and uh, the Abu Dhabi and people like to go out and buy a lot of stuff and I sure. feel like that's why I can bring my board bag with lots of weight and get away with it, it's awesome. And then bring home a lot of fun stuff from your trips? Oh yeah, lots of souvenirs and cool things for the family and friends. Are you a collector? Uh, a little bit. Yeah? I know I know. at home you're collecting pets, right? You. you oh like, yeah, a little bit of a pet collector. It's more of a farm. <laughs> yeah, is that what they call your house? The barn or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like the farm, I guess. Yeah, so so tell us, tell us about your house. Uh, well, my house is pretty nuts. Uh, I got my first uh, pig two years ago. Your first pig? Do you expect to have a few more? Uh, I'd like to, but it's a lot of work. Right. So I got my first pig two years ago, and then... A couple months after that, I got a dog, which is like a half, I mean, it's split between a Jack Russell, a French Bulldog, and a Spitz. So it's like a three-mix dog, and I called it Sausage, and it ended up staying really small, and she grew to her name, just growing longer and longer. It's and awesome. your pig? Uh, my pig's called Bacon. Okay, and you have any other pets? Uh, I got a turtle called Sheldon. I was going to think like soup or something like that. I don't know. It nah, seems nah, like nah. you name a lot, a lot of your pets after food. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, actually recently my girlfriend's friend gave us a dog called Bima. He's a Siberian Husky. And we were supposed to be taking care of it for a couple of months, but things changed and it looks like we got him for good. But I was already pretty attached to him and I wanted to have him anyway. I talked about you breaking into the scene professionally at 13 years old. You were a Grom when you went pro. What was that like? Uh, it was just, it all took me by surprise. I was, at the time, I was doing all the Grom contests. Like, I would do the WWA series of the Groms. And I think that year that I won the Groms in Turkey, I'd also won the IWWF Worlds for, like, Pro Men Wakeskate. So I was doing good in, like, both things. So I was like, it was the last leg in the Philippines, like you were at, but this was in uh, 2000. 12 uh so i get there and i'm talking to my dad like oh i've been like winning these grom contests i don't want to be like sandbagging and like it's the last one like i want to just test out pro division and see how it goes and then if i don't do well i'll, I'll hop back into groms and but if i'm do well i might as well just be in pro and then that was my first pro contest and how'd you end up doing and i ended up winning the pro men's and then coming second in features and third in the wake skate and from there, it was it was on. Huh? It was on. It was like you can't go back now. It's like you'd be the biggest sandbagger in the world if you go win pro men for as like a tester and then go back around the kids division. Like, how serious are you about training? And how serious are you about competing? 
I I guess I don't, it's not really serious. I have fun with it until I get bored. So that's why I have the the both wakeboard and wake skate. Like I wakeboard when I guess there's a lot of, like on the dock there'll be a couple of wakeboarders riding. You kind of want to ride with the wakeboarders, and then I'll be in that wakeboard mood and I'll be in it for like a week or two, sometimes longer. And you get to that point where you're like, I've been doing the same thing for every. Yeah, you, it's like when you go to work or you get over it. But then my alternative was just wake skating. And it kind of like had that switch to where I could like bring my skateboard influence in, and it didn't like remind me of wakeboarding too much, but I could bring my wakeboarding skills to my wake skating as well, and it could work vice versa. All right, I want to talk about um, some of your projects. Um, one project that I think is really really interesting, especially with um, with you kind of breaking into the pro scene at such a young age, is the Tao Gram sessions that you're doing uh, this summer of 2017. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what that is? Uh, basically, the Grom Sessions is just, uh, I travel around to all these cable parks around the world and I get to see all like all the future talent, I guess, and all these kids riding, just progressing, but and but I don't really have all these kids on Facebook or these kids don't have the chance to like get a full production and, and have like an edit or something to like show the world that they're out there like shredding where they actually are. So I thought... I could have with the cameras I got or whatever. I could just go out and film them, get like kind of show what they got and and do do it split by continents. So I did an Asia one, and then I'll do one here in America, do one in Europe, and then hopefully by the end of the year do one in like Oceania, Australia. And I'll kind of like I don't know show what type of kids, how kids ride in different continents, how the styles kind of vary. So you're, so you're kind of going out there, riding with the kids, filming the kids, yeah, giving them kind of like some tips and stuff like that Definitely. as well? Yeah, meeting all the kids, giving them some tips, and just, yeah, just filming them, letting them know that they actually, like, they actually shred and, like, naturally do something in wakeboarding where they, if in case they didn't know. Are you personally doing all the filming yourself? Uh, at the last one here at Terminus, I did. I mean, well, Windsor helped James Windsor helped me out a little bit, and Blake Bishop. But yeah, in Bali, I had I was filming for my Liquid Force, I mean, my Rip Curl product shoot. So I had those filmers help me out a little bit, but at the same time, I was getting down there with my camera because I feel it's cool to learn stuff with my camera as well because then I. I understand how the photographer feels when I'm coming at him with my wakeboard, and I can understand angles better and stuff. It's cool. You released um, a video, Eclipse. Oh uh, yeah. And that that kind of was produced by you too, right? Uh, definitely. The difference between uh, Tao and Eclipse was I uh, with Tao I had support behind, uh, with Monster and uh, Rip Curl. And that gave enough support to where I could fly Brandon Thomas BT around with me to the locations that I'm going to. Okay, so let's okay, so let's 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 rewind and we'll start with Tao. So tell yeah. tell us all what Tao is. Uh, Tao is my like my seasonal edit that I wanted because I was traveling around and going to all these contests all around the world. And this is in 2015. Yes, okay. uh, 2015. Uh, I'm going around to all these contests all around the world. And I'll get to the home at the end of the season and I'll find it so hard to like look back on what I've done and try to like even find like recap footage of the contest and, and just like stuff like that. It was just a pain to go find and actually see what I've done in the year. It was, I wanted something that I could actually look back on and be like, okay, like this is what I did last year. And I could, even at the end of 2015, I can look back at it and be like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do for 2016 or what can I do different? So that, it kind of gives me like a. So Tao is kind of like like a kind of like a video um, journal of of your travels and stuff through 2015. Yeah, it's pretty much my travels and my life. It shows like the pig and how I like live and a couple of shots of winching, traveling to Europe, America, home. And BT filmed and edited that Brandon Thomas. Yes. Okay, talk about your relationship with Brandon Thomas, who he is, and and how you uh, how you guys fully connected and. Uh, and, and everything. Uh, I first met uh, Brent Thomas at uh, Reef Wake Fest at CWC in 2011, I think. I think he BT came over to judge with, I think, Keith Lidberg and someone else. And I was, we just, I don't know, I was out there riding, being a kid. And I guess we just, I don't know, BT started talking to me. 
and then we just kind of like linked up, I guess. So we're both thriving. I was, he wanted to like film a little GoPro edit of me, like wake skating, and I was like, no way, like, that'll be sick. Like, seeing BT ride and like a couple edits, this and that. Was BT a guy that you looked up to at all at that point? Uh, it was. I've definitely, I definitely seen them a lot before, but it, it, I, I, it was hard to see a lot of videos because I wasn't, I would never really paid attention to the boat scene because I wouldn't, it wouldn't really like connect with me. But I'd definitely like see it in like videos I would like scroll by and like this and that. But it was never like, wow, cable was always like, my god. Sure. So did you guys have some success with Tao, the movie? Uh, definitely. It was really awesome. Uh, Rip Curl hooked it up with to do it the premiere at. Uh, like a club in downtown Bangkok, and we had maybe like two, three hundred people turn up, and I got to play like a little DJ set before, and then like introduced the movie, and then just got the screen on a big screen. It was, it was super cool. Nice. All right, so moving forward, uh, summer of 2016, Eclipse. Eclipse. Uh, Monster dropped me, so I didn't have any really funds to really get a filmer and follow me around. So I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, I want to do the same thing, but like, I don't have the funds. I can't pay for someone to come film me. I'm like, oh, ah, oh, what camera do you have, BT? It's like, oh, I got this one. I was like, oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. I'll get it. <laughs> so he really helped me out with that. Bought my own camera and was like, okay, I'm just going to figure this thing out. And like, teach my friends when I go see them and like, be like, hey, like, I'll catch a couple clips of you and you can use them if you can like shoot this thing for my like project I'm trying to do. And then that's kind of how it linked together. And I wanted to edit it at the start too. But then at the like as it came to the end of the season, it was like tons of footage, like over like 500 gig. And I was like, wow. It like, comes a little overwhelming. Yeah. And it, especially when it's like you're editing yourself too, you kind of want someone and like behind you kind of like, it's hard to like edit yourself. So who ended up editing it for you? Yeah, I was like, I was really like looking like, what should I do? And I, uh, I was talking to my dad and we ended up choosing uh, Andy Kolb who edited the debut. Sure. Uh, and he do he's also done a couple like past edits with me, like small little wake skate ones. So I messaged him, see how he could, uh, I don't know, edit it or see if he could come over to Thailand or something. And there was a perfect slot where he could come over to Thailand like two weeks before my birthday. And he's like, Okay, Daniel, you could, like it was all good, got it sorted. But he's like, yeah, I can do it in two weeks. I'm like, what? Two weeks? Like I'm looking at all this footage that I already have, and he, like, I'm like, wow, this is a, this is gonna be crazy. I'm like, kind of like nervous. Goes through the whole two weeks. I've been asking him the whole like time he's staying in Thailand. Like, hey, can I see something? Or like, can I check it out? He's like, no, 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 no. You you'll like it. Don't worry. Just like holding me back, just keeping me so tense. Like, ah, oh, just I want to see it. And then, got to see it like as everyone got to see it at the premiere that we did at the the new cable that Tywick Parks opened about 200 miles out in the northeast of Thailand so we had a whole bunch of crew go out there and yeah everyone was really happy with it I was really happy with it and we uh just we did the premiere thing to kind of uh raise money for my friend Mac we we offered to release the movie on an early premiere like on offer for like $200 that would go towards Mac if you wanted to play the movie like a week before my birthday so the actual like online preview and then so we had like over 20 countries get involved cable parks all over the world it was really awesome uh, we raised like up to like $15,000 we got Mackie a whole new riding leg it's working now he's riding it's really crazy how the wakeboard community like came together and just did something like that. It was really okay. Well, as long cool. as you, before we move on to like um, the movie you're working on right now, as yeah. long as we're right here talking about um, Mac Rosen, um, a, a lot of folks here may not know who Mac is. I was lucky enough to meet him at CWC, but I was following mm -hmm. his story um, right after his injury. As soon as I yeah. found out about it, so talk about his injury, what happened, who Mac uh, Rosen is, and everything. Uh, Mac Rosen is a, a local writer from Phuket, Thailand. Uh, the accident happened at, uh, I think, one of the Asian Cup games in Phuket, and it was during a contest. Uh, I wasn't there, but apparently he, he was doing a huge air trick and just came down wrong, and the knee buckled in a way, like, it snapped, like, uh, the top bit and the artery. Dislocated, right? Yeah, it's something like that. So they rush him over to the emergency, and they're, I think they're... They were just x-raying him or something like that. 
but they didn't realize that his uh his like blood artery was like cut loose so he was losing so much blood while they were like scanning the knee and they didn't know what to do and by the time they did know what to do the foot was dying and they had to transport him from Phuket hospital to Bangkok hospital by road which is like an eight hour drive in an ambulance and then then to find out that his foot's like not going to be able to make it and they're going to have to chop it off so unfortunately Mackie had to lose his foot and he actually ended yeah, up like the top above the knee up to his knee yeah above the knee and Mackie and now Mac, he's been an aggressive rider for so long and it was so crazy to see something from, like that happen from, from what I had understood, from what I understood, he was like the guy basically contest-wise in Thailand who was like on your heels. He was like basically the dude who was kind of coming for you in a way. Yeah, definitely. Well, for me, I was more attacking the WWA side of it, and for Mackie, who was going up with the the Thai national team and doing the IWWF and the Sea Games and those type of regional contests representing Thailand in that type of way. Okay, so how's Mackie doing right now? Mackie's doing great. I saw him in, in Bali. It was really cool just to see the whole new leg in action. It, it's crazy. It's like a full working suspension. You can choose how much uh, uh, like air pump you want like in the landings or absorption type deal. So he's back riding it? and every, I know he was back on the water like literally weeks after his injury. Yeah, but crazy. But um, Yeah, but now is he back riding? He's, da- he's back riding standing on the water but he's really looking forward to uh, trying to do some air tricks again and just go big that's yeah. his real goal well i'm sh- i'm sure he, knowing like what i do know about him i'm sure we're not far away from that dude getting back to oh, definitely the spirit's definitely there cool man all right well let's get back to you and your video stuff um let's get back to you and your video stuff and your newest video is what you guys are working on right now this is a a full year-long project it looks like it's the Tao search yeah I'm doing so many like little projects I've got the Grom thing and then now the the search with uh, rip curl I'm this is pretty much my uh, pretty much a winch mission or like a mission to go to a country which doesn't have such a booming wake scene but to like grow it and see how it how it actually works there and so I, for my first episode I went to New Zealand so that was a first for me. I'd never been before. It looked like an amazing country to go check out. And I've, I'd, I'd seen a, a video online of like just some wakeboarders riding there and seeing some amazing spots. I was like, wow, like hit them up and tried to see like if we can get like a trip put together. Hey, Golden Mike Podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick break so I can tell you all about my friends from Lead Wake. Lead Wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind. Leadwake bags are designed perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Custom-designed Leadwake bags are easy to shift around in your boat and will help clean up any wake without having to fill excess water bags or move your friends around. You can buy Leadwake in multiple sizes, but I personally recommend the 50-pounders and so do some of the biggest names in wake, including Danny Harf, Sean Murray, and Harley Clifford. Lead Wake ships free anywhere inside the USA, and you guys can find out more online at leadwake.com. That's L-E-A-D-W-A-K-E dot com. Now let's get back to more on the Golden Mike Podcast with my guest, Daniel Grant. Being so young and, and having so much success, I mean, I mean do you, are you starting to feel kind of burnt out on the wake scene? or? Oh. Well, definitely, like, after, like, my first years of riding pro, I got burnt out of riding the whole WWA circuit and doing the whole 20 contest so-and-so because it kind of just drove me to ride in a contest type of way. It wouldn't it would drive my style away. It would, it would force me to, like, I don't know, I'd always base myself on what people were doing at the contest, and you got to do what you want after, like, you got to push yourself from that, but... When you're riding with yourself and out seeing how other people ride or how just a new country rides, you you see it in a different way and you get to adapt. It's kind of like how you see music in different countries, how there's different styles. It's the same kind of, I see the same kind of switch with wakeboarding. Well, dude, it's obviously working out for you because five straight years running in a row, Wake Awards has named you Wake Park Rider of the Year. 
Yeah, it gets me by, by, by surprise every year because I don't ever feel. I always feel like I can do more for my like. I, I'm like, oh, I could definitely do more or something. But then it's like, oh, can't believe like it's happened. It's crazy. Like, who did you think was gonna win the Wake Park Rider of the Year this year? Was it even on your mind? Uh, I think Aaron Gunn was up there, or maybe like Dom a little bit. But I feel like Aaron Gunn goes to enough of the like world st- like series events and. All that, but I, I don't know. I don't know what it's based off. I don't know what the Wake Park Rider Year is based off. Is it based off how many contests you win and go to? Yeah, I, or is it just based <laughs> on how you ride the cable? I, I, you would have to know better than any of us, yeah. <laughs> seeing as though you're the guy with all the uh, all the success in there. But um, so I mean, moving into this year, um, I mean, is that is that on your map at all, or I mean, are you just gonna keep doing you? I mean. I, I guess I keep kind of keep doing me. It's not like a goal. But it's hard to push to be the Wake Park Rider of the Year. You just got to do, to be the Wake Park Rider of the Year, you have to beat yourself at what you do best, I guess. Right, but how competitive are you? Because I see you at a lot of contests. I've never seen you, like, act as if you're there to win. I've never seen you like you're there to win, but I've watched you win many contests. In fact, I, I probably more occasions that I've announced an event that you're at, you've won then you haven't won, but once again, you always seem to be like taking it less serious than anybody else. I'll give you an example. Cable stock a few years back, uh, Texas Ski Ranch, uh, you took the win, and it seemed to me like your focus was to bust a huge air and land on the shore. I don't know if you remember that, <laughs> oh, but yeah. you were booting off, the, the water was down, yeah. and you were booting off the kicker, and you were basically landing on the grass and yeah. then riding back in the water. I do remember that. I, I mean, I just, I was just having a good time. I mean, I, f- I feel like when I have a good time on the water, it makes people look like, look like it's fun and have like, I don't know, it looks like it's a, it's a positive like influence and it's a positive feeling against the riding. There's no like, I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm a, I'm an aggressive rider, but then it kind of brings like the like thrill, I guess, in a way or like a thing. I don't know. I just... I try to have fun, and whenever I get too serious, it it, it always goes bad. You, you're not going to have a good time. Let me ask you, were you trying to land on shore that day? No, I was trying to do a rewind, and I just missed the handle. <laughs> and and there was the grass? Came, yeah. Came up on you a little too quickly, hey? Definitely, but it, was, it wasn't too bad at all. I was, I was more happy by making it the fail army. <laughs> hey, it seems to me like, as of recent, you've kind of taking a break from some of the more mainstream contests and put yourself into position and you're really uh, focusing more on like more like I would say like independent type uh, events uh, events that kind of stick out to me is like last year Shredtown's Jamboree most recently uh, Valdosta Wake Compound they held both the Wake Skate Tour and they held the yard sale up there first of all what's your thoughts on these like one-off events and what are some of your favorites? Um, I definitely think these one-off events have been pushing it. They, they look like they've they've been molding the sport in the right way. It's crazy. From what I've seen when I was riding the WWA stuff for five years to where I'm seeing the progression in just the, like, Wake the Line or Jamboree, Yard Sale, Wake Skate Tour. It's insane because, like, I'd go come home from all these WWA events. You're not going to get coverage if you're not top three. And then there's not going to be a recap video with you in it if you're not top three or whatever happens. But if you go to these, like the Wakesgate Tour, Shredtown, Wake the Line, there's every rider gets a little bit of something, you know what I mean? That Every rider's been put in the video because everyone's shredding. You get the chance to, especially in the Wakesgate Tour, you have an hour to go do your best trick and throw down. And that's put out the best videos and it's made people like this year even want to see a live stream of the Wakesgate Tour. And they did that. And with WWA, no one even like asks for a live stream to see that. No one, and then when they do, it's pretty standard. It's like cameras on the shore and that. Like it was weird. Now seeing this, and how fast and how I don't know how they can actually do it better independently is actually mind blowing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would hope that, you know, obviously I'm the announcer for all the WWA stuff, so I see what's going on and everything. I think that they're definitely trying to get, you know, get to a place where, you know, where 
where you want it to go. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that they want to be where the riders want them to be. I think that's just, there's so many people out there and it's so broad and there's so many different directions of the sport and stuff. I think it's, it's, it's definitely really, really tough, but hopefully with, with these independent events, I think that it's um, showing these other event organizers other than just WWA, because there's yeah. tons of people all over the world um, organizing events, you know, and I think with more and more of these independent events, I think that it's just a positive thing for the sport in general. Uh, one one of those things that I really enjoy seeing, especially at uh, Valdosta, was wakeboarding and wake skating being on the same canvas at the same exact time. Yeah. How good for the sport do you find that? Oh, I found it awesome. It was it was really cool. Like normally the wake skaters are a bit like yeah with the wakeboarders, but wake skating isn't going to survive without wakeboarding. Like let's face it. I don't really know what the reasoning why sometimes it seems like there might be a little headbutting between the wake skaters and the wakeboarders and why there's the, you know, the split, the line, because to me, yeah. even in water skiing, I mean, I think that yeah. we should all be, you know, uh, we should all be promoting just getting on the water in general. At the end of the day, I don't think anybody should be shutting anybody down for having fun behind a boat or under a cable, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like maybe on the wake skate side of things, do you, do you think that it's kind of mellowing out and maybe they're starting to see that we they do need to uh, definitely yes uh they they've definitely wake skating's definitely seen like very hard times in the last couple of years like with the tour suffering last year or the year before that actually and then this year only having two stops it's def and the wake skate mag like going down as well that really sucked yeah so it was like it's been heavy for wake skating and it, it's i don't know it's it's a sad way for them to realize that they need wakeboarding but it's we need to all come together and be one sport and to be to do everything really good i feel and and even i don't know i don't know why they don't want to wakeboard it helps it helps you wake skating wake skating helps you wakeboarding and it's fun yeah you know i've seen a couple of wakeboarders like help with the wake skate and they have a blast windsor james windsor did the wake skate tour last year made it to semifinals it was hilarious how do the how do the wake skaters feel about you when you're like at the contest oh, yeah. are they, is there a lot of I respect mean, I guess I got some looks like oh, I'm doing all the 270s, I'm all like wakeboard style, this and that. And But then, I don't know, I got like Pierre this year, my friend, my French friend at the Wakeskate tour, I haven't seen him for five years. And he's like, Dan, you can't go out. Just do, I know you can do that stuff and you'll do well, but you just got to show these skaters what's up that you can like kickflip on the rails and stuff. And like, yeah. And Pierre's like, Dan, kickflip front lip, you got this. And I was like, never done kickflip front lip in my life. And then tried one. I was like, oh, it's pretty close. Landed it second try. Like, and I was like, oh, wow. And Pierre's like, and then he's just telling me, like, he's like, I don't know, kind of like my coach guy at the WCH was telling me, like, hey, you got to do this, this, this. I'm like, just following him, just having a good time. Cause I'm like I can barely pay attention to what's happening at the wake skate tour because I'm running back and forth between wake skate tour and yard sale, cause they had my heats going at the same time. <laughs> Dude, and and how about hitting the features on your wake skate, the wakeboard features? I saw you did it last year in Shredtown, and then this year again. I had heard rumors. I don't know how much I saw of it, but <laughs> you're like the only wake skater going and hitting the wakeboard features. Where do you get the confidence? Uh. I don't know. I from when I saw that uh, the C C bow type rail, it's like an elbow C at Valdosta. I hit it on my wakeboard, and I knew from that feeling on my wakeboard that I, like I was coming off early, like off to the right, and I was like, if I was on my wake skate, you can just shuffle your feet and lean onto that thing, and you have so much more freedom. And I knew it could get if you got it right, it would be like one of the best feelings. And just from that moment, I wanted to try it, and then I got to try it eventually on the last day of the contest. Or like yeah, that's the last day of the contest. It was awesome. And it was a blast. We wrote the whole setup, did the little barrels between the barrels and flat bar lines, and yeah. And uh, gained more and more respect as you did it. It seems like uh, the wakeboarders are always just so blown away when you get out there on the wake skate and do that. <laughs> it's so much fun, man. What about? I mean, you could ride anything. How about um, the one year we did the Shuski Nationals? Oh, that was great. That I was, was. I loved that. So you I keeping up on your shoe skiing? Uh, I went barefooting like a month ago, but not too much shoe skiing. I love to ride anything really, Dano. Uh, I've had a slight kneeboard career for a second. I've done a couple 720s off the kicker. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've definitely do all my air tricks on the trick ski. <laughs>
So you ride anything, man. Yeah, I did double skis for a while, mono. Like, when I learned how to wakeboard and wake skate, and I, like, learned them, and I was riding them all the time, and I got to that limit where you burn out, and I was like, oh, I'll just ride this. Oh, there's this thing. I'll ride the disc. Oh, okay, I'll ride this piece of wood. Like, anything I could find, I'll just try to ride it. So you rode the boat. You're here in Orlando, and you rode the boat. You went out with uh, BT, yeah. and... I saw a little social media clip, and you landed a wake-to-wake kickflip. So I know guys who've been working 10 years on that. Well, how many tries? 15 tries? First try. First try. I, well, I was having a good ride, I guess. I did my ride. I was good doing a couple wake jumps. Figured it out. It was a windy day, so I was doing all these big 360s because it was windy. You know, I did a shove wake-to-wake. And then I was like, oh, VT, I want to try, like, a kickflip or something. I was laying in the water. I think I fell in a back zone 80. And then he's like, oh, yeah, cool. And I'm just, like, riding, and I'm, like, waiting for the right moment, kind of looking around. The BT, like, whips out his, like, phone camera, like, I'm like, oh, God, pressure's on. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm just going to do it. And then, whoop. And it, like, just flipped and caught in my feet perfectly. And just rode away, and that was it. Tried a couple frontside flips after that and fell and I was like okay I'm happy with today it's been a good day all right I just have a few more things I wanted to talk to you about outside of wakeboarding I know we've chatted about it already here a little bit you're uh, really into DJing how how often are you out DJing are you like DJing clubs or is it more just a fun thing to yourself Uh, not DJing clubs really at all Uh, I did my second ever live set at the Valdosta yard sale that was really funny And, uh, but other than that, before that was my, and then I did a live set at my Tao premiere, but I don't really play at clubs or anything. It's more that I just play at home and have fun. It's pretty much because I just listen to a lot of DJs and like dance music and follow them to a point to where I kind of get bored and I feel like I could take it my own way. And then once I, I learned one year at Surf Expo, BT taught me how to mix, like, two or three songs and I was like couldn't really get it and then he left me for like two hours I was like okay I'm gonna download some of my own music figure it out and then download some of my own music mix like four or five songs I was like called him back here like I've unlocked it it's done like and then after that I missed it because I didn't have my own one and then that year I hurt myself in Italy like had these weird splinter like a big splinter in my finger for like three months it was really annoying so I couldn't ride really. I could only ride with one hand. So I was like, "Wow, well, what can I do? Like, I'm tired of going to the cable and just watching people wakeboard. It just makes me want to cry." So I went out and bought my own DJ thing with what I remembered. Just kind of like pieced the puzzle back together, and then just started throwing out like SoundCloud mixes and I don't know, getting my friends involved, teaching my friends how to mix. Now a couple of my friends have bought their own mixers. And sure. Like, and you got and you got a pretty decent. Uh following there on SoundCloud. You got a really nice channel. I actually, uh, I was on your website, so I got to hear some of your mixes and stuff. Oh, and nice. Yeah. Get your head banging. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about downloading and just playing it at some of the contests. You yeah, know? I'll definitely get the crowd going. But you're putting up, like, you're putting up our uh, mixes, so I need to, like, listen to make sure you don't post any cuss words in there, because I don't want to be putting those no, out during the... Listen to some happy hardcore. It's, it's no, no cuss words. That's the stuff. Uh, gaming. Something else... And I, I'm not really much of a video gamer myself, but I hear that you are, and I hear that you are at a level that if you wanted to focus on gaming, you could probably uh, compete at a professional level. In fact, I've heard that you've actually won some major gaming contest or something. Any merit to that? Uh, not really. It's more of a fun thing that I kind of do in my spare time. And I got really into it when I was a kid, and it was like, yeah, like, this is the thing. I was online with my friends, like, 16, 17 hours a day, just gaming my life away. But then, I don't know, I kind of got into that, like, mixing side of things, and then I got my pig and all that stuff, and I couldn't hang out upstairs in my room because all the animals and everything's downstairs now, so I'm like, oh, got to be down there taking care of stuff. Daniel. So I'm like, I got a, got a lot of animal poo in my hands. <laughs> Daniel, you're growing up, man. You're, you're, you're cleaning up after your uh, fur fur babies. And, oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, so before we finish here, in your vision, where do you where do you see the sport of wake heading? Uh, I definitely see park growing a lot more 
all over the world, especially in uh, France now and uh, a lot of Asia. But the only places that really are waiting to grow is uh, the Africa region, India, and China. It's the only places we need to break through. What <laughs> ideally is your, like, what ideally would you want to see a contest? Like, if, if somebody was like Daniel, if somebody was offer, if somebody was to offer you, Daniel Grant, enough money to put on any contest, two straight days of action, what what would you do? Um, that's a tricky one. Uh, I guess you you'd be. I guess it would be like an invite type event. You'd have to bring you your rider. One filmer, like your own personal filmer that you want to have film it, and you go out there, and pretty much you have the, you'll have I don't know. We'll do the riders in like slots, I guess. Do it in like two-hour sessions, and then you can swap it out, and then you have I don't know, kind of like an like how the X Games is done, where it's like ninety seconds. You have like a minute ninety seconds over the two days to go put together your best thing. And like people that already like wakeboarding or no wakeboarding, they'll have a good time watching and seeing all these pro riders come and thrive off their park and try and make something like unique and undone before. And the riders will have a good time. And then the production from that will be amazing because it's been filmed and edited to, to be in a contest. With a concept like that, do you think there's room for like spectators on site? Definitely. Yeah. Or if it's at a park, right? Yeah. Because they're just seeing like riders go out and do what they want to do um, it'd be hard to really like commentate for it but you could be uh, I don't know you, there, there's always the beginning like it could be like a show almost you're young man what are you 19 19 now yeah 19 years old you're young but veteran in the sport six years pro and on the water six years prior to that riding contest and stuff I mean you you've definitely been around in yeah like 11 years riding now You've, you've paid your dues, I'd have to say, and uh, you've definitely made a name for yourself. But when it's all said and done, how do you think people are going to remember you as a rider? Uh, it's hard. Maybe just the candy kid who was just energized and just ripping around and having a good time. I don't know. It's A lot of people take it differently. Some people think I'm really annoying. Some people think I'm just having a good time. Some people know I'm like people. Some people just don't get it. Any plans post wakeboarding uh i'm really looking into like my camera stuff now i'm really getting into it it's, uh, it's a it's a different side to look at it from but it's also cool to see like the outcome especially when i shoot a shot and it's like of my friend and it's like like crisp and clear and i like i'm like whoa like i can't believe i really shot this thing it looks like someone else shot this and i'm like they're thriving because like well, like, you actually know how to use your camera now, Dan. Like, I got it last year. I'm just figuring out how to use it now. It's like it's like figuring out a whole new keyboard or something. Right. It's like with anything. You just got to pick it up and learn it for a year. And I guess you just go with it. No doubt. Dan, anything that we didn't touch on that you want to talk about? I think we pretty much touched on everything that I'm doing for the season, all the projects and this and that but if you want to see any more info about me you can go on www.waketow.com all right very cool and uh what about social media uh my instagram's daniel grant with three t's snapchat super timo as the league of legends character and uh facebook's daniel turtle grant how many uh facebook pages do you have these days I just have my personal page, which is like, I've had it my whole life. You got the blue check mark? No, nah, I'm not verified. <laughs> you, you know, you just got to email them and they do it for you. Easy. It's just that I easy. know. Hey, uh, your sponsors. Uh, I just want to thank uh, Look at Force, Rip Curl, Spy, SP Gadgets, Razor, Unit Park Tech, Sezzy Tech, and WaxDap for helping me out for the past years and really helped me push my dream and making them come true and i'm only gonna try keep pushing that further and further cool damn man this is this has been fun hanging out here area 52 beautiful little day here in orlando and i know you've got a busy couple of weeks ahead of you a busy few months and uh 
I didn't know if we were going to catch up the rest of the summer, so I want to thank you. Thank you for your time too, Dano. It's been my pleasure. This has been good. All right, guys, y'all hang tight. We got more coming at you right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Oh, yeah. GoPuck, the leader in wearable power. GoPuck is the ultimate personal power solution to charge all USB-powered devices. Designed for those with an active lifestyle, you're able to clip, strap, or mount the power wherever you need, giving you the ability to easily rapid charge your devices multiple times hands-free. Three size options are available online at gopuck.com and you can use promo code MANO30 at checkout for 30% off. Again, that's MANO30, M-A-N-O-3-0 at gopuck.com. C4 belts are the newest wakeboarding accessory to hit the market. Made of premium TPE thermoplastic, C4 belts are waterproof and backed by a lifetime guarantee. Available in multiple colors and designs, C4 allows you to mix and match straps and buckles to create your own unique color combinations. C4 stands for choose your color, choose your cause. Look good, do good. C4 belts. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. Cool dude, good conversation. A big thank you to Daniel Grant. It was awesome catching up with him, chatting with him. Never really had that long of a conversation. We hung out a lot, but uh, normally I'm doing the announcing thing, he's doing the riding thing. And he's a young dude, so we never really saw him out at the uh, after parties or the extracurricular stuff. And uh, also, you know, as you guys heard in that podcast, he hasn't been competing in as many of the events that I'm the announcer for uh, the past year or so. But hopefully this summer I'll get to announce for him. I'm really hoping that he comes back, starts riding on the Wake Park World Series. He was missed last year. And uh, if it fits in with his schedule, hopefully he can make that happen. But holy smokes, what a schedule he has. Uh, You guys can check it all out at waketow.com. That's W-A-K-E-T-A-O.com. Once again, man, thank you so much to Daniel Grant for that. So he's got a busy schedule. I have a super busy schedule as well. But the cool thing is I'm traveling nationwide. I'm going to give you guys some dates so that you have the opportunity to come and say what's up to me somewhere this summer and check out some of the awesome action that I always get the opportunity to announce for. This coming weekend, I'm going to be in Mooresville, North Carolina. It's June 16th through the 18th. It's the Malibu Boats Rider Experience and the Southern WWA Wakeboard Regionals. The following weekend, we're going to be in Black Diamond, Washington, Friday and Saturday. And then Sunday, we're going to be in Portland, Oregon for the Malibu Boats Rider Experience. So free ride Friday. Of course, the WWA Western Regionals on Saturday. And then Surfgate Sunday, we're going to move that into Portland. That's going to be an awesome event. Uh, Then I got 4th of July weekend off. The following weekend, we kick off the Malibu Evolution Pro Series with the Malibu Factory Smoky Mountain Pro. That's going to be in Tennessee. That's July 7th and 8th. Also this summer, along with the Malibu Evolution Pro Series, we're going to Vienna. We're going to Japan. I'm stoked, so I am going international too. Uh, Following weekend, July 14th, 15th, and 16th, In Kenosha, Wisconsin, Malibu Rider Experience, the Eastern Wakeboard Regionals. That's in my neck of the woods. I'm excited to see who's going to be out for that one. And then we finish up the Malibu Rider Experience season the following weekend in Canada. Make sure you guys check out MalibuBoats.com to find out more information about that. Now, if anybody here listening is interested in having me announce or commentate or do voiceover work or appear at your next event. Maybe you want to advertise on the Golden Mike Podcast. Maybe you want me to record a voicemail message from you. Folks, here it is. I like to work. So contact me. Shoot me a question through email, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. If that's not your thing, 
get at me through Facebook, the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. I am on iTunes. Please make sure you find and subscribe to the Golden Mike Podcast. Rate and review the show. You guys can also find us pretty much through any podcast app on any Android device. Also SoundCloud. Also noiseofthenorth.com. Follow me on Twitter at the Dano T Mano and at the Golden underscore Mike on Instagram at Dano T Mano. And I talked about the Facebook page. Now head over there and hit like on it. Once again, thank you to Daniel Grant, my guest on this 70th episode of the Golden Mike podcast. And to help me get here, the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boat, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, CWB Board Company, Ronix, O'Brien, Slingshot Wakeboards, Jenna Carruth on the web, Rich Walsh on the audio, and that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Light Podcast.